Must I say it again? I said it before. Move out the way when I'm coming through the door. I hate to make it sound like we're aliens, but people like us, it's just like we can't resonate with that because it's just like even if I teach you something, I'm forever evolving. You're learning something that I've mastered. You don't even know what I got going on next. Like you think that you got this and it's going to like blow up, but like baby girl, like I'm up here. Like you don't even get it. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Tweet talk episode. 44. This podcast is brought to you in part by investattheteam.com. We have created the official merch of generational wealth. You have to shift your mindset from employee to you can't fire me the boss. Always remember, no sacrifice, no reward. Hood Estates. Exclusive collection available at investattheteam.com. Now back to the world's greatest podcast. Are we on the air? Tweet sugar? dope. What it sounds like to be the best. This is a Black Wealth Podcast. Build wealth, invest, own, and close the wealth gap. It's time to break down these financial concepts with your host, Mr. Todd Meganet himself, Charles Oglesby, and Raphael Husband. Bro, it's episode Hank Aaron, man. I did some research before. Hank Aaron at number 44. You know who else is number 44? Jerry West. So mm. this has got to be a legendary show. We got two legends the logo. represented for number 44. So we can't, we can't let the folks down. So it's Raphael and Charles, like always. And tonight we have a special guest, Coach Michelle, a.k.a. the Mom Entrepreneur. It's a little hard for me. To oh, you said it right. Ooh, but you said it right because a lot of people don't say it right. Really? Cool. So introduce yourself and let people know who you are and what you do. Awesome. So my name is Michelle Welch. I am 27 years old. I'm located out of Orlando, Florida, and I'm a serial entrepreneur and a business owner. I'm a single mom of two boys. I've been working for myself for the last three years now. I own a residential and commercial cleaning company. I own a tax office. I own a um, consulting and coaching agency. I also own a catering company and a nonprofit women's network called the Entrepreneur Network. And I feel like I'm missing something in there, and I'm sure it may come up later, but I just, I do a lot, so. You're a boss, man. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> Thank Ooh, you. Just listening. That's dope. I just I feel like there's always more one way to get it, and it's just like why would I limit myself to one stream of income when I'm just like really well versed in business? Like it's just something that my parents they own daycares, they own cleaning company. Like it was just something that I was just like birthed into. So and from that point, like after I had my second son, I realized like corporate money is not where it's at at all. Like, why would I want to just make 60K a year when I could make a million? Like, it just doesn't make sense. Um, so. so I want to ask you what your nationality is. But before I get there, I literally had that same revelation as I was walking back after getting my chicken chicken strips. I was <laughs> like, you know what? I'm, I'm just looking for the next business. Like, I don't even care what, like, no job is ever going to do for me what I've been able to do for me. So I was exactly. like, what is it? Yeah, and so, that's how I feel. And, you know, now I'm like, okay, I've mastered service space. I know how to make money off of being myself. Now I'm like, let me get into products because that's, I mean, the girl that just made a million in eight minutes, like that's ridiculous. Like, 
like that that was inspiration because i'm like listen if i can master service-based product-based would be just 100%. even better and then i would dominate both fields so definitely yep. especially if you get into some digital products because then the scale is unlimited man you just you know and just sell and it's so crazy because so i you're like my virtual mentor so i look at a lot of the things that like you do and chris do because i see like it works and it's like why would i want to reinvent the wheel when someone's already made something that works so i just plug in what i do so i've made my gumroad account i've started making those like different master classes and i'm about to release the time management and time blocking master class because it's like a lot of people don't understand like yeah business is awesome you can run a business but if you can't allocate your time perfectly like the right way you'll be hustling from you know 18 hours a day for no reason you're you're literally not showing any progress you're tired you're you're just moving wheels and moving wheels and for myself that i own four different businesses and i'm a single mom like if i don't have a planner if it's not on my planner it doesn't get like i just yeah. don't see it you know and it's just that's how i've been able to manage myself make money be able to sustain scale deal i because not only do i do all this but i also coach people so it's just me, it's my employees, it's my kids, it's my business partners, it's a lot. And there's a, one thing that a lot of people lack is organization. That will throw you off so quick. And it's like, I can ask you, what did, what did you do for 14 hours of your day? You can run down your day to me and we can see how you made the amount of money you need. You can ask somebody else that and they'll be like, I don't know. Okay, that's <laughs> the problem. You don't know what you're doing with your time and time is money and you're just letting it go and you're letting it go. So I was like, you know what? I've mastered how to properly time block and manage my time. Let me teach it to somebody else. I just haven't quite found the way to articulate myself. And because like, I'm very long drawn out person. I like to over explain things. So it's like with these courses, you have to get to the point and make it make sense. And that's just kind of where I'm struggling. But I'm getting I'm getting better with it. So, so I would tell you that just launch it anyway. Like I know, I, like I felt like <laughs> that's what you like. It's like, what would Charles do? Like, and I, you said that earlier. You're like, just launch yeah. your shit now. Like, what's the point? Yeah, one hundred percent. Because it's like there's more content inside of you, and what's gonna happen is you're gonna block all the other stuff behind you by kind of overcomplicating this one. And honestly, I've gotten criticism for both ways. I've gotten criticism by people saying that it should be more drawn out, and so by you saying like. I'm overly drawn out. That actually could be what somebody wants. And so yeah. like, you don't even know what they want until you put it out in the streets. And it's just, you know, and I hate to be like that person because I'm so confident in business. I'm so confident in everything that I do. It's just sometimes like I'm a person of value. That's how I, I marked myself is like, I was the queen of clean. Why? Because I sat on live every Tuesday for an hour and I answered questions and I gave people insight on how to clean their house so it's just like i feel like people won't buy into you unless you show them something to buy into people don't know what you do unless you tell them so it's just like one of those like you're damned if you do you're damned if you don't you just need to get it out and just do it anyway i hate rejection like for as many businesses as i own and how many times i hear no it's just like you think i'm used to it but yeah. i don't know man i just i can't get into it so so i feel like we can't gloss over the topic that she is not just an entrepreneur but she a successful entrepreneur so it's like she's killing the game so people should really be listening to what she's saying because like she's doing it in real life on multiple levels so make sure you guys listen right. I, I hope so you know go ahead um oh okay i said i was about to say i know what what course i'm buying next because i definitely need that one see people need it 
You don't even know? Yeah. Definitely need a Watch me go live. I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop it and be like, "This is for Charles." <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, that's the tweet you had. Knowing how to manage your time is an essential skill. It's literally the difference between working sixty hours a week to forty. So I see you big on time blocking. So time blocking, there's so many different things that come with time management. Time management is the category, then time blocking is a subcategory, day theming is a subcategory. And the more wait, you understand what? your time, I never even heard day of that. Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry, day what? Yes. Day, day theming. theming. So I'm gonna break it down to you. Yeah, like day theming, T H E M E N I I N G. Yeah. Theming. Yeah. So basically when you're day theming, let's say for example, Charles is a lawyer. He has vending routes and all of those different things. When you day theme, it's because you need specific projects to basically be done at a certain time. So you focus your day on that one specific thing. Let's say there's a, a week, Monday through Friday, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, you only answer emails and DMs. Monday and Thursdays, you do all your accounting. You day theme. You theme the day for the task that needs to get completed. Yeah. Time blocking is when you take like a 14-hour day and you run it down between 8.30 and 10.30. I'm only dealing with the vending machine. Between 11 to 11.45, I'm answering emails. That's the only time I'm answering emails. Then, you know, I'm giving myself green space so I can take a moment to, you know, go smell the roses and eat lunch or whatever the case may be. Then we're going to come back around. We're going to pick up on something else for about two hours. Then we're going to give ourselves a five-minute break. You're working in increments that are going to actually allow you to execute what you're trying to do quicker because a lot of people are like, oh, I can multitask. No, you can't. You can, no matter how much you think you can, when you spend a day multitasking, you notice that there's still tasks that are undone. There's things that you may have forgotten. And at that point, that's when you got to go back down that task list. And then you, you run yourself ragged because you're like, all right, well, Monday's things are falling into Tuesday's things. Now Tuesday gets pushed back. And then you're on a whirlwind and you're like, I'm just going to go take a nap. I don't want to do anything. <laughs> so the time blocking, it what it does is it honestly, it creates space for you to understand where your time is going, but to also be in control. You're not answering emails all day. You're not sitting and answering DMs all day. No, you have an allocated time to handle these tasks so that you know you're getting your important things done. And it all goes into your to-do list. All of these components play a major role in making sure that your day is productive because if you don't know what you're doing and you don't know what a priority is, then at that point, it's like, what's the point of even doing this? Like you need to know what's a high priority, what can wait, what can't wait, what's a non-negotiable, all those things. And that's why Sunday is you have to have one day out the week where you set your tone for the rest of the week. If you know what you're doing for the rest of the week, you, you'll, you'll feel more of a clear mind. So in, um, in my consulting agency, we have a, a mind, a mindful coach. She, that like, she's a productivity coach. That's what she does. And I started training with her and because I learned how the mind works and how, you know, looking at things that are in an organized manner works, my productivity has picked up because now I automatically know these are the things that are important to me. These are the things I need to get done. These are my non-negotiables. But you also have to make sure you give yourself green time. Green time is time to just breathe because we're so busy consuming information, doing a bunch of different things that we don't have time to just eat, to take a moment, to go outside and get some vitamin D. Like Those things are really essential because as an entrepreneur, my mental health is strained daily. I'm constantly engaging with people. I'm constantly at someone's beck and call. You know, like I always have to put out a fire. I always have to do something. And that's my, not my fault, but that's what I've chosen by being a serial entrepreneur. 
but you have to have organization in your schedule. Life will not work in organized chaos. Like it just won't work. So, and I can be on both sides of the scale. I failed a million times by not being organized and I've won a million times by being on the ball and doing what I need to do. So my question for you is you have four businesses and plus more. Do you designate a day per business or how does that work? Mm -mm. So I, my days are usually about 12 to 14 hours long and that's by choice because I'm just a natural hustler. But I like for the cleaning company, I, that's something that gets touched on every day. Coaching gets touched on every day. Anything else like the, the catering company I gave to my parents, I just make sure that I bring business in for them. So that's not so, something I essentially have to like deal. Yeah. That. Like that's not something I have to deal with because they handle that. Yeah. Kind of stuff. So, and then with my women's <laughs> network, I have women in the network running the network. So all I have to do is just oversee everything, you know, and then with my um, cleaning company and with my coaching company, there's four coaches and I have my business partner, Natia, which Natia is also partners with me on the tax office. So it's not that I'm doing it's delegation. I don't do anything really by myself. I have a sales team for the cleaning company and you know, like that runs itself. I have an admin that handles that. I have admin that works with me specifically to make sure like, you know, my speaking engagements, my emails are being answered. So it took a while to get to this point. It took me three years to finally be in motion. However, delegation, that's all it takes, but it's, it's very, very hard to find people that you trust. That's, that's the biggest thing because for me, like my cleaning company, it changed my entire life. Like in, in the first 90 days of that business, I made 17 grand by myself cleaning. So at that point, when I saw that kind of money that I was making and everything, I wanted to grow and scale. And I actually talked about this in a podcast interview I did, but I ended up failing because I was growing so quick. I was like, wait, I have to have staff now. Like I have to pay them. Like it was all these things that I never thought that I would ever get to. So I had to mature really quick. So it's like the process. It's just, you're always learning. But one thing I learned is that you will not get anywhere without a team. Nowhere. You can't, you can't, there's so much money to be made that you cap yourself when you want to be selfish. And I, I been there, done that, felt that way. And was like, I don't want to pay these people. I don't want to have to, you know, they're looking out for me, blah, blah. No, that's, that's what you need. We need some sound effects for the podcast, like some bombs. Cause that is so key. Um, so we, we have the we have the the stock options community, and I have five admins. But what I realize is the admins go hard, and so it's like I have people who are like literally putting in effort to make my business better. And I feel like that's what you get when you start bringing them other people and you start building out that team. It's like you build, you bring in people who are probably better than you at what you want to do, exactly. and so your focus is only just scaling, while they focus on just dominating the role that they've been tasked with. Another thing that I, that I heard you hear. I heard you say that it's dope is when you build a business, you can just pass it to people. And so Dame Dash, he talked about that, but it's like, I always talk about like my, my son made a bunch of money this month. Like yeah. it's I created an asset and I just gave it to him. All my affiliate sales are his now. And it's not small money. It's, it does. It did like oh, 3,500 last month. Yeah. Like we see like, that's just crazy. I'd be like, what? Okay. I need to get on them courses. That's right. crazy. So, I feel like that is dope. And I think that a lot of people should really key in on that because you can't pass your kids your job. No matter how dope, you probably can't even get them a job at your job, even if you're like the dopest person. So it's like people are out here hustling for somebody else's last name instead of their own last name. So, man, Rafael, did you see that comment that that guy left today? 
He was like, man, I've been listening to it and binging this podcast. He's like, it's just straight flames. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I saw that. He's a a flipper in Ohio. He's like super successful in his own right, too. So that's dope. Yeah, it's I think it's a more fulfilling feeling than like, yeah, I give my parents bread. Like, okay, but to be able to give like my dad loves to cook. He loves to grill. Like he's the the funniest guy ever. My mom, she's Puerto Rican. Oh, that's the question. You asked me what my nationality was. I'm black, Puerto Rican and Polish. So my father's black and then my mom is Puerto Rican and Polish. Yeah. So the food that comes out of this house is just crazy. So I'm like, you know, the golden spoon for the culture Mm. is like, was a catering company I created for the culture. And it's it's been a hit in Orlando culture. Mm -hmm. I like it. And it's food for the culture. So it's taking a twist on anything and making it millennial, making it new, making it fresh. And my parents understand the idea that, I mean, my dad just turned 50, like my parents are not old. So, and they love it. Like they love cooking. They love, you know, helping me. So yeah, like we had a, um, we had an event back in October uh, where we partnered with like a club that they were hosting a night for my women's network and they asked us to be the caterers for it as well. So I was there networking with everyone and my dad was there like talking to people about the food and it was just like, he's so dope. Like I talk about my dad all the time. That's my best friend. And he's the one that helped me pick the name for my new clean. Cause my cleaning company was called queen cleaning concepts. And then when I like realized that I wanted to be on like an enterprise level, like way bigger, like I wanted to be bigger. I was like, my name is not big enough. So I was like, Welch Enterprise Services, we services, we take care of you. Like, I loved it. And I was like, yo, my, my last name is on that. Like, that's so dope. So yeah, like my parents, they're going to be, they're going to be straight. Like next year, like this year, my dad's birthday was in March and I was going to buy him a Harley Davidson, but this whole coronavirus Mm. thing happened and we didn't get around to being able to do that. But I'm like, listen, Corona or not, by like for Christmas, you're getting your bike. Like they, like, they're just so awesome. Like they really raised and taught me how to hunt like i don't i don't nah man like you can't hustle me but that's That's why i'd be looking at you like look at charles like okay but the thing is is like another thing that's dope about that is it's like it kind of speaks to the concept of a business being a team sport so it's like you can give them a business but that doesn't mean you step away from it and so you still never yeah have a foot in that business you still are bringing them business and so it's their responsibility to do whatever they're great at doing. And a lot of people, we treat a business like it's a job. And we're like, this is my business. Like, this is me over here. Like, I do everything from A to Z. And I feel like we're limiting ourselves because we're not appreciating the fact that almost every successful business is a family business. Like, when you really break it down, like, there's high-level stuff. But after you kind of get away with the publicly traded stuff, it's all family businesses. Every business I've worked for is a family business. The law firm that I work for right now, family business. From I was at with before that, family business. The place I was doing on weekends, family business. And so sometimes it can be tough to get your family on board. So I think my question for you is, how do you do that? Because sometimes the family just doesn't see it. And you'll preach it and you'll tell them and you'll, you'll show them sometimes and they'll still yeah. push back. I think for, for my family situation specifically is that like my parents never work for people, Uh, you know, they, they like my dad had a job for the city, like back in the day and like, yeah, he has a job now, but like my mom doesn't work or anything like that. So for them, it's just entrepreneurship is what they knew. Like my mom, like, so my parents set it up for, for me and my brother to be like raised around entrepreneurship and the business and everything like that. 
But like my mom had a different hustle about her. Like you couldn't tell her that she wasn't going to make 30 bands in a month. You weren't going to tell her that. No, like she didn't care. Like we, she had a daycare and she had it for 20 years. And I remember cleaning out one of her offices with her and we came across bank statements and she was making like 60, 70 K a month. And I'm like, at that time, that time I'm 28, not going to be 28. Now I was 16. Then you look at that kind of money and you're like, what? Like what's going on? So I'm wondering, like, I always in my head, I'm like, you know, my me and my mom used to take trips to Puerto Rico every weekend because we had land and stuff over there. So I'm like, Ma, I need clothes for school. And she's like, Well, we're going to Puerto Rico this weekend. Like we had a diff I had a different kind of life growing up. Mm-hmm. So but my parents never had jobs. They always worked for themselves. Yeah. So it was just very it's very easy for them to understand the kind of money you can make when you're not depending on the corporate ladder. They know what you can make and they knew my potential. Like my family my mom and dad believe in me more than anything, you know, like they understand, like I had my own place and everything like that. And back in October, I was like, well, listen, I'm about to open up a tax office. I want to, you know, live with you guys so I can save my money. I'm staying in my parents' house. And people will be like, oh, why did you do that, ma'am? Because why am I going to spend $1,600 on rent when I can go live with my parents, run up a check with the tax office, and then I can go buy a house. I can go do whatever I want. Like I'm not in a, and I'm not in a rush to, to spend, like to waste money for what, you know, I have a 2007 Honda Accord. Why? Because I don't need new. I don't need people to think that I'm rich. I need to have assets. I need to make sure my kids are straight. Like this generation be off something else. And I'm just in a mind frame of, you know what? I'm frugal. I buy what I need to buy, but I like to see my money either invested in something or in my bank account or on me. Like, I don't like wasting money, like wasteful spending. You know, I would love to have a Mercedes. I would love it. However, if it's not paying for itself to where I don't have to worry about it, I don't need it. Like, it's fine. We can make it work. So it's just understanding, like, the dynamic of your family. We came from hustlers. So they, they get it. And, you know, and I think for me it would be a lot harder because being a single mom of two kids, you know, my parents support me a lot in the fact that they make sure my kids are good so that I can go out and I can do what I need to do because they still believe in me and what I have going on, you know, and it's just having that support system and not everybody has that. And it's very hard to come by. And at first, you know, it's difficult for parents to, I think sometimes accept that their kids are moving at a more rapid pace than they did, you know, kind of like a weird jealousy, but not really like, I'm proud of you, but damn, like you're doing better. Like, I don't know. It's like some weird thing. Like a lot of families go through that. Yeah, yeah, like at, at the oh, age, okay, right? Like, mm-hmm. at that oh age. man, it's it's crazy, and you know we obviously like I've not had that issue with them because they've always supported me. It's just I see it happen so many other times with other people, and like you know, not to be rude, but I'm like I can't relate. So you know, I have the support I need, but my parents are always gonna be good. So it's just like they they taught it to me. I'm teaching it out now, and I've just. It's just a blessing, honestly, that my family just gets it. And they, they love it, too. Like, they're super hype about everything. We did a um, – the cleaning company did an event with 104.5 The Beat, which is a radio station here. They had, like, a music festival with Meg The Stallion and The Baby. And they hired my cleaning company to do the event management part for the sanitation. And my dad came with me to help set up. We had to set up, like, 60 garbage cans. Like, it was crazy. And one of the ladies walked over to me and was like, Michelle, they just found, like, a pile of poop in the corner over there and like a a adult pooped on the ground and my dad looked at my face and I looked at him and he was like let's go and the whole time he's shoveling up the poop and helping me do it he's like I'm gonna show you how to clean up the shit off the sidewalk one time 
and then you're going to do it. And I'm like, why? He's like, because how can you expect for you to pay someone and expect them to do a job that you wouldn't do? Mm -hmm. And that day, like I got completely humbled because I was like, how am I going to be out here, you know, being a leader? Because I don't believe in being a boss. I believe in being a leader and I'm not going to do a job that I'm asking one of my workers to do. It's like, nah, like, so they still teach me wisdom. They still support me and enlighten me. And I'm hoping to open up a tax office for them next year as well. So we'll see. Rafael, what do you got for, man? So Charles, it's kind of like you said, two reasons to be a business owner. One, you create (laughs) jobs. And two, you don't need a job. Right. Um, To kind of dovetail onto that one, and one of the things I pulled out as she was talking is, I was watching Robert Kiyosaki this, this afternoon and he was saying like entrepreneurs live in the real world of money and employees live in the fake world. And what's interesting is when you live in like the fake world of money, you feel like you have to have that new stuff. You feel like you have to constantly be out there like chasing whatever's the newest and the hottest. And I've realized that as well as like I could buy any car I want and I'm going to still drive this paid off car. And like when you live in like the real world of money, meaning like you know what it takes to make a buck and you also realize like every buck isn't guaranteed, you tend to kind of cherish that dollar. But when you have people out there who like they think a, gar- a paycheck is owed to them or they think that if they can't get that paycheck that then they can get unemployment, then they live kind of in like a fantasy land. And I kind of relate it to like the zoo where you have these wild animals who actually could be out there tearing up stuff, eating whatever they want to eat. But instead, they eat little pellets because the zookeeper gives them pellets and they come every hour on the hour and they get used to like expecting that food to come. And you see little weak fossil animals who aren't what they could have been versus you have people who are like lions out there in the jungle, like really getting it. And those people are more developed. Their skills are sharper. They have more of an understanding of what it takes to catch an animal as opposed to just like. I just showed up and now some food appeared. And I feel like that is the reality of money. And that's why people who are on the other side of that. I I agree with that 100% for the simple fact that like at one point I did only have a corporate job. So I, you know, I depended every Friday to get that paycheck that, you know, whatever. And when I switched over to a full-time entrepreneurship, like I realized like this 250 I make today, i won't probably make tomorrow like that's the what I put in my mind to know that I have a goal to hit every single day and if people are just conditioned they're conditioned to believe that there's no other way out than having a regular job like there's no way that you can make money off of being who you are or for your talents or whatever the case may be so I get that and you know you get the naysayers all the time like you know everyone always asks me why do you do so many things at one time and it's like why don't you I don't get it (laughs) why don't you have that many businesses (laughs) that was no the dopest thing about soldier boy he was like I don't understand why you don't have that many businesses. (laughs) Like where I come from, this is the norm. Because you got to think about it. There's so many people in this world. There's so many ways to make money. Like, why wouldn't you want to? You know, like, and I get it. Some people like to play it a little bit safe. However, if you have a skill or a talent, why not put it to use? Mm -hmm. If you have experience, put it to use. And so that was another thing that you, you said that I was talking, I was thinking about is like, when you learn how much you can make in entrepreneurship, it's kind of tough to take a job seriously. But what happens is they kind of make you think that there's a risk on the downside. 
And so the goal is to kind of like hedge that downside. So what does that look like? That looks like, hey, I might not have the newest car, but I got newest car money stashed. I might not have whatever, but if I ever fell off, I'll be good. Like you literally start calculating how many years you can make it without a job. And like, that's what people who are employees don't do. They're like, man, like I just know in seven days, I'm gonna get paid again. I know in 14 days, I'm gonna get paid again. And that's their mindset. And then when they don't have that, then it's like, uh oh, it's a wrap now. Everybody's on mute. I don't know what's going on. I know Raphael, I don't know why he's on mute. Why are you on mute, Raphael? I know why she's on mute. I don't know why you're on mute. <laughs> Let's do it something real quick. Cool. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> No, it's just I don't it's it's the mindset. Like I just I don't know. I, I can't relate to it. I've never been average. I've always you know, even when I had a job, I had multiple jobs. I've never had a job where I made less than a certain amount. I always put myself in a position to work for people that I could, you know, move up in the chain. You know, prior to me starting entrepreneurship, like I I failed college. I hated it. I couldn't deal with it. I did not like it. It wasn't for me. And I was like, okay, well if that doesn't work, you know, I'm not gonna no offense to anyone that works at call centers. I'm not going to work at a call center for the rest of my life, like at all. So I started working for staffing agencies to where I could pick up skills of different jobs that they gave me. So I was an HR supervisor for UPS. I worked in um, spectrum uh, acquisition for enterprise level businesses. So I learned the sales side of getting those big corporate companies to, you know, buy into what you want. I knew HR side and how to hire people and how to look for the right candidates. I, you know, held jobs. Um, when I was 18 years old, I opened up, I was a, um, a project manager for a, a construction company and I opened up a $500,000 yogurt store. So when I run down my resume of the things that I've done, it led me up to this point of me basically saying like, I'm prepared now. Like now it's just, you take the leap of faith. I've aided in over a dozen startups of other companies I was just always nervous, like, oh, who would take me serious? And I'm like, if I can grow these other people's businesses and see how serious they're taking, what's like, why am I leaving money on the table? And that's just my mindset. But also, I have a mindset where I'm willing to bet everything on myself. I'll, I'll bet everything. And I know that I'll win every single time because I know what I'm capable of doing. So it's just a lot of people don't have that confidence in themselves. And they find confidence in having that check come every 14 days, every seven days. And that, I'm just not comfortable with that. So it's like a mindset thing. It's really the confidence in yourself and your capabilities. Because if you know you can make $1,000 in a week or in a day, you're going to bet that on yourself and be like, I know I can do this. Yeah. So it's just how much, how bad do you want it? That's just yeah. what it comes down to. Yeah. So Michelle, you said, I'm it. I'm a boss in my own right. I'm an amazing mama and I dominate everything I touch. I don't see anyone else. It would always be me versus me. Like I don't play tag. I've been it. <laughs> I've always been it. Yeah. Like for me, I know, like I, I love my kids to death. Like my boys are my life. So offer it, like can't no one say anything about me being a mother. And then also in business, like I, I've lost, I've won, I've grown. I've so many different transitions in my life with business. It's just like, I'm in my own lane. You know, like I don't see anybody else. I don't see what other businesses people are opening. Like that stuff doesn't phase me. And it's just like, I know what journey I'm on. And not only that, and I hate to get like super spiritual, but like, I believe in God. So I know that my purpose on this earth, like I know what that is. It's to serve people. And the fact that I keep God at the forefront of everything that I do, I'm always taken care of. So for me, there's never a reason why I should question anything that happens in business 
because I give all my worries to him. I can't be running businesses, being a mom and worrying. That doesn't work. So it's just like, I, I just, I know who I am. And when you know who you are, nothing anybody says or whatever anybody does can shake you. And I'm just so firm in who I am and what I stand for and what I can give. I operate in excellence daily. Like, that's just what it is. And nobody can tell me otherwise. I mean, they can say it, but I'm not going to listen because who are they? Like, they don't pay any of my bills. Like, I don't care. You're not even my target customer. Like, that's leave me alone. You're not even the target customer. Sorry, leave me alone. I'm like, you're not even my, you're not even my client avatar, Jeez. bro. Like, what are you doing? But to steal that right now. I swear, right. that's how I feel. That's, that's, that's you have to carry yourself with a certain type of confidence, especially being a woman in business and not for nothing, being an attractive woman in business. It's, it's hard for me because I've had men break off deals with me because they're like, I can't focus. And I'm like, that's such a, a B-I-T-C-H move. Like, what are you doing, bro? Like, we can make money and you're worried about how I look. And even so, like, I'll have people that'll go on my DMs and try to talk to me. And I'll, like, be like, no, I'm not interested. And they'll be like, okay, well, I'll book one of your services, you know, so I can have some of your time. And I'm like, y'all are weird. Like, men sometimes can just be the, do the most <laughs> But you got to be strong. Like you have to, you have to have a confidence about yourself because if you don't, they'll, they'll try to spit you out and eat you alive. And I don't got time for that. I work in an industry, the cleaning company, we do construction cleanings. So sometimes I'm around men and I'm on job sites in five inch heels, you know, like directing people what to do. And they're looking at me like, who are you? And I'm like, sir, who are you? Okay. Like I signed the check here. Okay. No. So it's just, I don't know. I just have this con. I just know who I am, she and I just know I'm, a, I'm boss. She like, reminds me of Tasha, man. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. How tall are you? I'm five five. I think Tasha's like five foot one or something. It's kind of like you said, Charles. I value my opinion of me more than other people's opinion of me. Um, I feel Church. like one of the things that's very important to understand is people operate in their self-interest, meaning that somebody's opinion of you is typically based on how they feel about themselves. And so you can't really take that opinion as a true assessment of who you are. And if you do, you're going to continue to live a lame life. One of the unfortunate things that I've found about people who grow up kind of like in the inner city is like, it's really negative, man. Like they're always clowning each other. They're always making fun of each other. They're always like downing each other. And what happens is like you really ruin people's self-confidence. And so like I had the privilege of not having to grow up in an environment like that. So I know who I am. And so when I run into people who kind of try to do that to me, I'm like, this sounds nothing like what I was raised in. So like, I don't know what y'all talking about. <laughs> but like, like I cannot really. <laughs> and you get on the internet and you have people who may have grown up in those environments or may still exist in those environments. And they're going to try to downplay you. And they're going to try to tell you what you are, what you aren't. You just got to realize like, it's like the Choose Yourself book talks about. It's like, I chose me for this. I decided that I'm worth that promotion. I'm worth what I want to make. I'm worth what I want to experience. And your opinion doesn't really matter. You're not the target market, as you say. You're not the avatar. Yo, it's the Options Trading Workshop, presented by Tide Capital. Learn the fundamentals and advanced trading strategies that allow us the chance to earn $20,000 in side money in one year while working a job and running multiple businesses. That's right. Learn the what, the where, and the how of options trading in this exclusive webinar. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to Gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. You're ready to launch on Friday? 
I am. I'm I'm super nervous, but since I had the last conversation with you guys, I've been like busting ass to just get like little kinks and things out and just kind of like not perfect it, but just make sure that everything is in place for the pre-launch for Friday and then release on next Wednesday. I'm really really excited. Um and then also I took a leap of faith once again, and I started honing in more on cleaning coaching. And the response to that has just been so overwhelming. Like, I'm just in, I'm in awe, like, honestly, like, I'm just like, wait, okay. Like, this is dope as shit. So um, I'm in the process of that. And then um, I'm in the process of actually hiring on another ad because one thing delegation i can't handle tedious tasks i i just i don't have the time like no matter what i do i'm i'm becoming too boggled up in things that just i can just source out so that's what i'm working on right now is getting an intern in getting another admin on board and sourcing because i feel like in florida we're we're like allowed to go outside and when you have so many different ventures going on at one time, it's just, if you don't have good organization to those things, it'll spiral out of control. So it was kind of coming out of my fingertips, but I had to grab onto it real quick and get everything back. All eggs are back in the basket. So it's just one of those things, learning how to pivot and just staying on top of the game, like identifying when there's an issue, like before it becomes an issue, like you can start to see the processes and how they skip. And once you see that first trend, you got to like attack it because having so many different things, it'll just be a shit show. So how, how old are you? I'm 27. I'll be 28 in June. Okay. I'm a Gemini baby. So yeah, I'm that, excited. I'm excited about that too. Is that natural blonde hair? Or do you dye it? Bleach it? No, I, I literally dye my hair like every four to five days. I have to bleach it. No it's actually turning. You see how dark it is right now? It's actually yeah. going back dark. Yeah. Yeah. I was blonde, looking, I was like, her, her hair is always blonde. I, I, I don't know if it's always that color, if it's natural or what's going on. No, it's not. It's definitely not natural. Your eyebrows are typically what your natural color are. Uh-huh. So um, the thing is with short, I, my hair used to be really long. So when I cut it all off and um, I was dark for a while. And then after I had my son, I was like, I need to like, I need to look different. And I went platinum. So I was gray and that was a hit. And then I just slowly started going pl- like, bl- like bleach blonde and I, it just kind of stuck. I went red. I did go back red, and I was like, no, 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 no. So this has, like, been my trademark. And I like it because when I network, people remember me because I'm the blonde, bald-head girl. Like, mm-hmm. they'll find <laughs> me on Facebook, and they'll be like, oh, my God, you were that one girl. I'm like, yeah, I'm the only blonde-head girl that's bald. So it kind of it's, like, kind of like my trademark now. But What's yeah, going on, Raphael? How things been, man? Things are good, man. Um... I feel like we don't talk to you enough, man. We don't ever really talk to Raphael enough and find out what's going on with Raphael. We always talk and about me. And you should because he, he has a lot. Guess. He's cool. Yeah. What's going on, Raphael? Doing some work with uh, Michelle here, trying to help her launch the course and this group that she's got going on. Um, let's see. Trying to boost the affiliate sales. Pretty soon somebody your affiliate sales are going to surpass your working income if they haven't already. Nah, not yet. And I'm and I got job I got job recruiters like buzzing my phone every other day. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. That word makes me that. feel weird. Job? <laughs> job? <laughs> it gives me anxiety. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. Oh man. No, I was talking to somebody on Twitter and they were telling me like they had to pull back from launching one of their products 
because somebody told them if their job found out, they could fire them. And that's when I tweeted, like, I hate jobs. Like, I can't stand that. Like, the idea that another person can tell you, no, you can't make more money. You can only make money through us. is just insane to me. And they're out there. They got multiple ventures going. They're not over here just only getting money from this business. You know, and that's, that's really a big reason why I don't like corporate America is because it's like there's always a window. There's always a cap. There's always a ceiling. And for people like ourselves, it's just like, first of all, what you're not going to do is tell me that I can't make a million dollars. So that's that. And uh-huh. I just feel like even on my slow days or even on days where I'm not motivated, it's just like I'm still doing what I love to do. So that trumps everything, like regardless. But 100%. I don't know, man, that job, that, that word is just gross. It's weird. It makes me feel <laughs> icky. I, I feel like we focus too much on money and we lose sight of like all the other perks that are the reason why you go into business. Like money is just a byproduct. Like you get to do what you enjoy doing. You get to work with who you enjoy working with. You get to work on your time. You get to be the your, your boss. Nobody's telling you what to do. Nobody's looking over your shoulder, telling you that you took a lunch that's too long or all these oh different things. And like, are so much more beneficial than just like having money to buy things, having the ability to create jobs for other people, having the ability to to determine what their wages are. Like, it's just crazy to me that there's that's And that's like a really, um, that's a big thing because, so one of the things that I coach my clients for cleaning coaching on is how to pay their workers. And a lot of them struggle with doing pay for performance or doing hourly. And in the cleaning industry, it's like, it's really hard in my opinion, because I have some clients that like to do hourly work. And then I have some that do per job. I like per job because I feel like you can't put an hourly rate on something like that. I can go into a house and I can clean a house in an hour and a half. That would take someone else three hours to do because I've been doing it. So I don't feel like there's a, a $25, $30, like that's because I'm going to be done in two hours and be like, all I got was, was 80 bucks. Like, no. So it's like, it's always a toss up because it's just like, no, you're worth more. You could do more. If you have more experience, why are you putting an hourly bracket on yourself? And then there goes the tables are turned and it's just like, well, I want more money in my pocket. I want more profits. I want more money, 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 money. And it's like, when you set yourself up and I tweeted about this the other day, relationships. I got to where I'm at because I built relationships with people. They were comfortable with me enough to say, I've not used her services, but I, she works with integrity. She's credible. She's credible. She's this, she's that she's valuable. So it's allowed other people to trust me just off of the word of a friend of theirs. So building those relationships and I teach that to my clients. I spit that game out all the time. Stop chasing the money, chase your vision, chase the things that have to do with that. Chase to be around the right people, to be in the right rooms. When you are given the opportunity to work with specific people, that's all you need. Like, let's say, for example, if I started working with you, whether it's been mentoring, whatever the case, and I was able to say that Todd Capital is one of my clients, like that in itself speaks volume. When some of my followers saw that I was doing the podcast with you, they were like, oh my God, how did you start working with it? And I was just like, listen, I'm fangirling too, but this has been a relationship built on Twitter. So get on Twitter because that's where you can really connect with people like, you know, without having to slide into the DM, you can literally just connect with them. It's a one and done. And then you don't feel that awkward. Like what if they don't answer and they look at my message? Like there's just so many different things. So I don't know. I feel like relationship trumps everything. Raphael, what do you think money or 
the other stuff. My initial thought with the, the job thing was to get a new job paying because some of them are paying they're, they're offering like a nice a nice good chunk. So mm-hmm. my, my my thing is okay, I can use that extra income as so I keep my living expenses pretty low. I don't need much more. I use that to fund the stuff I really want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then I start thinking about the time. Like I've got a pretty good schedule right now. I, I work long hours, but I work only three days a week. Mm-hmm. So then I think that somebody else is going to have me go five days a week. Like, well, see, so you're in a different situation because you have like the convenience of being able to work that job three days a week and still have your freedom. So I mean, right. I, that could definitely be considered like a another source of income. You know, I know Charles. Mm-hmm. Like you, you're still a lawyer. You still work for your firm. However, you still do all of the things that you do because it's just another source of income and security. Um, A lot of people that I find when they want to take like the entrepreneur journey or work for themselves, they're concerned about having a savings because everyone's drilled into their head. You need to have six months of savings. You need to have this. You need to have that. And it's like, but there's people that didn't have that savings, that didn't have that security blanket. When I started my company, I literally walked away from security with a newborn baby, with a four-year-old. And I didn't have much of a plan. I just knew what I wanted to do. I didn't have tons of money. Do you think that kind of gave you the push and the sense of urgency to really get after it? Yeah, it did. That's what really lit the fire under my ass because the day that I just, I mean, decided baby? to... No, no, no. Walking away from my job. That was... Oh, okay, was. okay. Yeah, because on July 11, 2017, I woke up and I was like, I'm not going to work for anybody. <laughs> and I have like literally... And at that time, I was still breastfeeding Trey. So I was like really emotional because it was like, I got to leave my baby and pump milk in a room. Like it was so awkward to me. It was just, I just couldn't deal with it anymore. So I woke up and I was like, I'm not going to work anymore. My parents were like, do you? And at that, it's like at that point, that day, I was immediately on the phone, cold calling. I was just, it just woke up a beast in me. And gratefully, that beast has never, it's just gotten worse, like better. Like, the thing is, a lot of people are so focused on the zero number instead of focus on the unlimited number. So mm-hmm. it's like, think about it. You leave a job, but now there's no ceiling. So yeah, you potentially could fall into zero, but you could also leap into millions. You could also leap into a that's, that's what it is. Because they're like, oh, I get, you know, every two weeks I'm getting $1,200. But without thinking like every other day I could get $1,200. Or it's just like, since they don't know they're getting that exact number, they're not willing to bet on themselves. And it's just like, you don't know how, like, you, no, but no, but this is for certain people. You light that fire under your ass when you know you have rent due, when you got kids to take care of. Like, when you have things that have to be taken care of, I don't know, for me, mm-hmm. it was just like, either you're going to make it work or you're going to make it work. Like, you don't have, I didn't have any other option, you know? So right. I just jumped. And now I'm right. like, you know, and I have, I've, I've failed, but, you know, whatever. And it's also a different kind of work at that point in time, because now it's like you're working, but you're working for yourself. It's like we always talk about. It's like when you do something for yourself and your family, it doesn't feel like work, but you're still getting paid for it. And you're probably getting paid more than what you'd be getting paid for hourly wage. And so it's like on a Saturday night, you might be up doing something. On a Sunday morning, you might be up doing something and you're still getting paid for it. And it's not a burden. And I feel like when you attach Mm -hmm. money to jobs, it becomes burdensome. And so then the money becomes burdensome. And so then you make less money. No, and that's true because there's been plenty of times where I've gotten clients and their entitlement because of the money that they've paid, they feel like they're entitled to more than what it is. And it's just like, listen, 
you're a paying customer just like everybody else is. And I can also refund your money just like everybody else. So if you can't, you know, follow my policies and procedures, which I noticed that uh, the reason why there's a lot of lack of respect for consumer to business owner is because they don't have regulations in their business or they're not setting precedents. So it's just like, for example, if I'm like my minimum for cleaning is two hours and someone's like, well, I only need an hour. Well, it's like, then you're not my client because I only do a minimum of Mm. two hours. So you can go somewhere else that would accommodate that. And it's just like, if more people understood that, yeah, you may need the money, but you need to respect your business and respect what you got going on. Then you can accommodate that group by adding additional cleaning services that only are for an hour job of just setting up a room or doing linens or doing laundry. So it's just making sure that there's that understanding in the beginning policies and procedures. Like when people know when they buy your course, they know what they're getting. They know that they can get a refund if it doesn't work for them. Like they know those things. And when you enforce that and set it in place, there's no room for negotiation and no headaches. You just kind of, hit on another two things that are dope about being a business owner. And the first is you get to kind of work with clients that you don't want. And then if you don't want to work with them, you can always cut them off. And the other is that you have the creativity to create things. And when you work a job, you don't really have the creativity, which can kind of be disempowering. But when you can just say like, you know what, I'm going to launch this. I'm going to launch it on this day for this price. And it's going to consist of this. Mm -hmm. That is empowering, man. So, and it's very empowering and it's also a really good structure and way that people can set their goal for how much they want to make. It's like reverse engineering. So if you need to set up, let's say for example, your business budget and you know that you want to make six figures a year. All right. How many products can you put in place to be a certain amount of money so that if you sell 10 of them, you know that you'll make this amount of money. So that's actually how I do it. You know, if I'm like, okay, this week needs to be a $5,000 week or whatever in whatever business. I'm like, I need to sell this many cleanings or I need to sell this many courses or I need to book this many consultations to make this amount. And that's how I know this week, this is what I'm going to market. This is how I'm going to do this. Like, and I've kind of just found a flow and that's how I work. I'm like, okay, well, I want to buy this. I need six more clients of this, this, and this to get to that point. Yeah. And it works for some people. For me, it does. The cool thing is there are customers out there for you. So it's important to not focus on the people that you know and the people that you or in your immediate circle and start creating some things for people that you might not yet know. And that's one of the things that I was thinking about. It's like back in the day, I said, you know what, I'm going to create this one-on-one long distance real estate investing thing. And I put it out there and then I pulled it back. But I had like 20, 25 people that were interested in it. And I was thinking, I was like, man, I was going to charge them 250 a month, 20 people. That's 4,500 a month. That's not bad. Just for one thing that I'm already doing. I already have the contacts. And I kind of pulled back on it, but it kind of made me think like you start putting things in place that just take out certain things for you. So it's like, you need to take care of that student loan program, create a product. And then how many times you have to sell that product? It's like Chris says all the time, like don't think in terms of money for hours worked, think about it as products sold. So, so Charles, you said we don't acquire income because we need it to pay living expenses. We do it because it's the intelligent thing to do. I think that's how we already started off the show. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like my whole life, but I'm at a point now where it's like, you got to continue to buy assets just because you got to continue to buy income just because a lot of times we're out here like, oh, I need to get passive income to meet my living expenses. And we don't realize like sometimes you just got to get income for the sake of an income and just because it's an intelligent way to invest. And so I don't want to always be in the rat race, but I always, I don't want to be in a situation where like my income plateaus. And so it's just always being hungry, always being aggressive, always going out there, making more money, even if you don't necessarily need it 
just because we know how to do it, just because it works. So that's kind of where that mindset was. You need more income than you think you need. I like that mindset. That's how you stay paid and get paid and continue to keep going. Like, seriously, you need all the income you can get. Yeah. You also say, Charles, I rock with winners. I do not rock with one uppers. Um, that was a long time ago, man. That was a throwback tweet. I know. I know. Um, <laughs> I, that probably was relative to something that was said on the timeline. But one thing that I did say today, and I was talking about just how dope it is to work with women. And I was talking about how, like, when you work with women, it's just mission oriented. It's not ego oriented. And I've just experienced that. Like the way I, I came up to Sierra, it sent me a DM and Sierra's like, Hey, I'm getting a lot of people that are asking me to affiliate for your product. How about this? I'll create a spreadsheet for you and I'll put all the people that want to be involved. And then all you have to do is go in there and copy and paste it. And I was like, a dude would never do that. Like a dude's not just going to say like, Hey, let me help you be dope. But the thing is, if you help me be dope, I'm gonna help you be dope. Like Raphael, you help me be dope with the podcast. I'm gonna help you be dope. I'm gonna CC you on stuff. I'm gonna promote you on stuff. I'm gonna make sure people see you as much as they see me. And so I think that that's unfortunately where we are as a culture, as African-American men, we think we're competing. We think we have to do better than the next person. We think we have to like always, it's all, it's too much ego. It's too much com- competitiveness. And we got to chill on that stuff. We got to realize like you are not my competition. They are my competition. The people that are out there that are preventing other people from getting good jobs or for taking care of their family, they're the competition. Raphael's not the competition. We're on the same mission. And so that's just kind of where that was. Like the one-upmanship, it's just so that I've been around people who that has been the goal and it's just non-productive. Michelle, you said, I can guarantee hating on me, it won't help you get a check. However, I can guarantee you it might help, you can get a check. Choose your position wise. You can either learn or you can watch. I mean, you're not going to get paid by trying to throw salt on me. You're just going to make more people come and see what I'm about. And the thing about the thing about a lie or like when people try to say something to make you look something that you're not, people will always go searching for answers themselves. And the thing about character and reputation and credibility is that if you have one person throwing stones at you and everybody else is like, yo, like, good job. They're going to, they're going to sway to the side of the good job and they're going to see, like, they're going to ask that person, like, what, what beef did you have? And they're going to look like an idiot because for me, myself personally, I don't do bad business with people. I don't like, even if it's a bad interaction, it can't even be a bad interaction because I always leave. I don't have personal feelings attached to anything that I do. So with, with that being said, I'm able to see haters and just be like, I'd rather help you. Like, what can I do to help you? Do you need a job because I'm hiring? Or do you need assistance because, you know, I'm, I'm a coach? Like, how can I serve you? And people just, they still find something to hate on. And it's just really ridiculous. But I know who I am and I know what I offer. And my value against hating is just, it's not compatible. So you can either get like, a check or you can be a hater. <laughs> right. I feel like it's a scarcity mentality and it kind of frustrates me because we feel like there's not enough for everybody. We feel like there's like, if, if, if Michelle's getting all the money, that means there's no money for me and not realizing like, bro, like if I get close to Michelle making money, then I'm gonna make money. And that's the same thing that I realized with Chris, like they're hating on Chris and I kind of made a connection with Chris and now Chris helps me and I help Chris and it all works out. And so for me, not hating on Chris and actually kind of sticking up for Chris, it's benefited me financially. And I feel like that's And hey, what more can you ask for? <laughs> right. 
Right. It's like, but the thing is, it was what frustrates me, and I'm going to continue to talk about this, is every time we see somebody getting, being successful, then we always attack it. But we're the same people who will tell people that we can't be successful because of racism, because of all these different isms. But we see success and we attack it. It's not them attacking it. It's us attacking it. And it's, I can just run down the list. Every single person winning has somebody coming at them. And I just, I tell people like from my personal experience, I've grown up on, on, in different circumstances, but I've also kind of dipped my toe into other circumstances. And I've seen that's that mentality, that mindset, that community, that environment does not produce productive people. And it's taught like, honestly, it's so toxic because it's just like, it'll even turn friends against you because they just don't understand. Like, how are you guys the same at not the same necessarily the level, but same age or same bracket mm-hmm. or same scenario, but yet you're doing more being more and having more like they just can't. And it's just, it's not even about like me, it's you, it's your projection. It's how you feel about yourself. And you know, I hate to make it sound like we're aliens, but people like us, it's just like, we can't resonate with that because it's just like, even if I teach you something, I'm forever evolving. You're learning something that I've mastered. You don't even know what I got going on next. Like you think that you got this and it's going to like blow up, but like baby girl, like I'm up here. Like you don't (laughs) even get it. And that's my mentality. And you know, I used to not have this confidence, but listen, like I've I've busted my ass to get to where I'm at. So I don't allow people to take me like, ma'am, you, like I can hire you. Like, what do you want from me? Like, come on now. Don't don't play yourself. Do you listen to B. Simone? Because that sounds real B. Simone-ish right there. I don't listen to her, but I'm very much inspired by her. Like I saw I got a glimpse of her um, hitting a million dollars in her bank account. I was right there crying with her because I was like, girl, that is going to be me. Like, I find that's amazing that someone, I guess, because I understand the work ethic aspect of it because, yeah, she's famous, but she put in work. Like, it's not easy to make money. It's not easy to influence people to buy a product or whatever the case may be. So anytime that someone can can literally set their mind something, manifest something and make it happen, I can relate to them. So it's more like, damn, she did it. I got to go harder because now like I see she can do it. I can do that too. And it's just, and it actually put another business that I have like in the process right now going in motion. Cause I'm like, I need a product. I need a product. Like, I feel like that's how I'm going to hit that million. I need a product. So while we're on that, man, there's, there's a lot of things I wanted to touch on. I think it's dope that you saw that and got inspired and I think that's what successful people do. They see people do big things and they get inspired. But the other thing is e-com is so powerful. And I was talking about this because like, if you watch Boniface Oguntu or something, is his name, that guy is killing it. Like, but it's all e-com. And the way that I kind of got into e-com and I knew the power of it was, was of course watching Chris. But if you watch David Shan's podcast, he has a lot of people on there that are making a ton of money just doing e-com. And what makes e-com so powerful is the fact that you can sell a product to the mass public, right? And so before you had to set up shop, get retail space, buy inventory, invest in marketing, get a business loan, do all these different things just to open a shop. Now you can literally go create create a website, do drop shipping, do all these things, create a digital product for that matter, no overhead. And we could be selling directly to the market. So e-com is in a lot of ways the great equalizer. It allows us to open our own shop. They were able to price us out. 
You can't afford this rental property real estate. You can't afford this commercial real estate. You can't afford the thousands are going to cost to get you to stock this store. You can't afford to hire staff. Either you're going to have to be there or your staff is going to be here. Now people go on, they log in with their email and they check out themselves. Ecom is self-checkout. Like you don't have to be there and say, okay, well, let me ring you up. How much do you want? No, they, they check themselves out. And so I think that that is so powerful and we have to be tapping into it. And ideally we tap into it in diverse ways. So I don't want everybody saying, Hey, you know what? I think I'm gonna sell t-shirts or, Hey, you know what? I think I'm gonna sell shoelaces. Like if you see somebody else there, just pivot and do something different because we got to think community, not just my pockets, but we also got to still be tapping into e-com. So Todd Consultant presents the vending machine business webinar. You can only have one job, but you can have as many vending machines as you want. This is your chance to see how we do business and how you can start your very own vending machine business. Avoid the mistakes we made and start winning. You'll be shown how we find, negotiate, buy, and manage our vending machine business, generating thousands per month, and how it has unlimited scale. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. No, yeah. and it's so, it's so like dope that you are talking about Ecom because um, I don't know if you've ever heard of her. Her name is Christiana Hurt. She's with Wealthy, I Am Wealthy College Kid. She's a part of my women's network, and I've actually grown like a relationship with her. And she does seven figures in Ecom. Like, that's what she does. She teaches people. She's literally created a program like you can google wealthy college kids she created a program where she teaches drop shipping ebay everything like literally everything across the board and she has vendors list like and she's super dope i'm actually gonna put you on to her on um, charles so you can see what she does but um she she literally just uh sent me a screenshot of one of her students they did like 21k like from her course like she had like you know the way that you put out your um that what people say about your course and everything same thing with her. Like she has, yeah. she has a lot of people that have made a lot of money starting off just from her courses. And it's like Come super dope. It's a platform she created herself. And it's just to show m millennials and everybody else, like you can make money from your phone. Like you don't need to, to have all this extravagant stuff going on. You literally can do all of that just from your laptop, your phone, and not even starting off with a ton of money either. So right. I'll definitely link you though with her because I think she'd be a cool person to like have on the podcast to talk about e-coms or whatever the case may be. I always talk about how business closes the wealth gap and people don't really realize why I say that. It's because they think that like a business is going to give you as much money as your job would. And it's not, it's probably going to give you like 10, 20 times what your job would give you. And so that's why it closes the wealth gap because you can protest for $15 minimum wage, but that ain't going to close the wealth gap that's actually might expand the wealth gap. You're just going to be waiting around, not being productive. Business closes the wealth gap. And I need more people to understand that because we need more business owners. Um, that's all I got to say about that. Rafael, what's the next tweet, man? Well, before we get to more tweets, speaking of products, Charles, you're dropping a new product. Um, oh, Friday? it's lit. We're doing crisis money. It's, um, it's something, it's a way that I've been investing for a long time. So, I was able to do well with AMC stock. Everything that I bought pretty much during coronavirus time, I was able to profit on. So I bought Delta Airlines, I bought AMC, I bought Boeing, doubled my money. But that's just a strategy I've been employing for the longest time. So when Chipotle got hammered, I was able to swoop in. Oh. The stock was like 430 bucks. And so what I'm teaching people is like all the opportunities that people are looking over because it looks like scary stuff. 
is actually where you, what you need to be immersing yourself in. And so just kind of showing people what to look for because every company that's getting hammered isn't a good company to get into. But if you know what to look for, then you can get some good deals. So looking forward to that. It's, it might not be as quick as options money because options allow you to make good money really quickly. But um, value investing, which is the strategy that I learned from Warren Buffett, like I got out there, undergrad degree in finance, all that stuff, working for Edward Jones, Series 7, Series 66, all that stuff. And I was finding that like all the stuff they're showing you how to make money with doesn't show you how to make big money. It shows you how to preserve your wealth because we're out there working with people who already have money. And so I had to find ways for people who didn't have a lot of money to make money. And so I started doing more research and digging into that stuff and doing a lot of Warren Buffett reading and actually went back and read Snowball and found out how he built his portfolio from the ground up. And then I started applying those same strategies to myself. So I just kind of try to do that for other people. And like, if I can expose you to as many different ways that work as possible, then I feel like I'm doing my job. And it's actually like a better way to do it. Because back in the day when I was working for those financial advising firms, like it just wasn't a way for me to help my people. It was really just a way for me to help the rich get richer. And so now I'm able to still use my education and my experience with a business that helps the everyday person get where they need to be. So that's dope. I love what you do. Like I still, I, I tell you all the time, like you're <laughs> really awesome. Like I love it. It's just so cool. And Michelle, you've got um, the time management course coming out too, right? Tell us about yes, that. Yes, finally. <laughs> finally. I finally mustered up the courage to be like, you know what? I'm putting this out because I started like, okay. So I started tweeting at like six in the morning and I'm getting a lot of traction. And I asked everybody, what is their goal? And everybody literally, maybe one or two people don't, but like everybody else is like time. I don't have time. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not doing this. I'm not getting this done. And it's just like, it all goes back to you're not managing your time. You're not staying productive. You're not doing anything really. And that's why you're not getting results and you can't execute because you're not planning. So, and people just don't know how to do that. Like I asked somebody, I was like, do you, do you time block? And she was like, do I what? I was like, you need my course. Like, it's okay. I got you though. Like it's coming. Don't worry. Most people don't really know what time blocking is. Um, that's something I learned when I was working at one of those firms, but and before then it was like a completely foreign concept. I went through college, never even knew what time blocking was. So that's interesting. Time blocking, day theming. It's, it's just, the ways, you know, everyone says time is money and it is. If you're not utilizing your time correctly, you're, you're leaving money on the table because you're leaving opportunity. So if you can knock down, and I said this the last time, if you can, can't can handle a 60, a 60 hour work week in 40 hours, like why wouldn't you want to do that? Why wouldn't you want to stop being unproductive? Why wouldn't you want to give yourself healthier habits and routines so that you can apply that to your business, to your daily life? you'll be a better, a better husband, a better wife, a better mom, a better whatever, like, because you're opening yourself up to see what are you wasting your time on? And for me, when I first started doing it, I realized how much time I spent on social media that I didn't need to. So I was able to redirect and get more things done and have time left over for myself and just to chill because doing so much, it really, it burns you out. So it's great to hustle, but it's also really good to recharge. Raphael, you need some product, brother. What are you going to launch next? What are you going to launch first? Need what you need to launch is some Tweet Talk shirts. You need yeah. to launch some Tweet yeah. Talk shirts. With some like dope, like, yeah. Definitely, like where yeah. he just said bars, like you should put a shirt and it's just like on the back, it just says like bars. 
Like, Look down on the Tweet Talk brand, man. I didn't know we had a website. I saw the website on the thing. I was like, that's kind of cool. I need to check this out. Yeah, I need to um, do some more work on that this weekend. That's the that's the that's the wave, man. That's your you gotta attach some product to your uh, profile. That's how you get so rich, man. Services are good, but I'm sorry. You if you look at anybody across the board that's made a million in in minutes. Look at Supercent with the makeup line. Look at the girl that just hit a million and she does organic skincare and she literally only has like 9,000 followers on Instagram. Look at what these people are getting rich off of. Yeah, services are great. However, if you're trying to put something out there that can residually bring you income that you don't have to constantly touch, get a product. Right. You have to. I was thinking about that as I did a consult yesterday and I have another consult this, uh, this upcoming week or this upcoming Friday. And I was like, man, like this lady's going to pay me 250 bucks to talk to me, but that's an hour of my day. I've had hours where I've made a lot of sales that were more than 250 bucks. And it makes you start to think. I didn't have to do no energy. Like if you think about it, a course is really just prepackaged consulting. Like you mm-hmm. take what you're going to teach somebody mm-hmm. on a one-on-one, you package it up and then you sell it to the market. And so I, all this time I thought Thai consulting had to be, one-on-one, let me get to know you, let me learn about you. Really, it's just like, no, let me package this up and then put it there. You can just pull it off, whatever you want, pull it off. Exactly. Anytime you you just said a whole word. At at one (laughs) o'clock, they want to talk to you, two o'clock, like, yeah, you don't got to be up, brush your teeth, nothing. Just getting paid. Seriously. And it's very draining, too. I don't know if when you do your, well, I do life life coaching and business coaching. put a lot of energy into that stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, sometimes some people are very demanding and it's just, you got to kind of like marry yourself sometimes to, to what they need, you know, like they're, they're, you're there to coach them. So I agree with you. If you can turn it into a product, turn it into a product and sell it. If you, if you created a, if you created a cleaning class, coaching product course, I'll buy it. I really can't stand you because I did and you are going to buy it. So there you go. Cause that's what I'm, (laughs) and then you know what I also did? Cause this came to me cause I was like, okay, so what if someone really, really, really wants to invest in themselves, but they just, they're not, there's some people that are just not comfortable with buy, paying for a coach or doing something like that. So I started a private Facebook group that is going to be a monthly subscription to where I can give that to people so that they have an option for them. If they're not comfortable with investing in coaching or in the package, cause it's a, it's a large ticket number, then you know what, here's something that's affordable monthly that you'll get value from, you'll get what you need, and I'll throw some perks in there and you'll be good to go. And the crazy part about it is then you can launch at scale. I created the Thai Capital Investment Club. We had 300 people, but I ran into limitations. I'll tell my wife this today. I ran into limitations where if you have an investment club, for first and foremost, they kind of cap you at 100 people. And then after that, you can't really actively promote it and market it. So you're, they're holding back your money. And so then mm. this time when I created the community, I created the community and it's paid from jump. It might be low cost, but it's not free. And then since it's not an investment club, I can market it and I can advertise it. And so I had the investment club that had 300 people. Now I got the community that's 1300 people and they all pay me each month. Like people think I make money off the course. I really make money off the community. (laughs) The community pays for everything. (laughs) And so that's why I say, hey, I'm like, you don't even know what I'm doing. And then it's like, you owe it to your people to carry it on. If I only teach you the course, but I don't, actively talk to you each day and I don't have yes. to, I'm kind of leaving you hanging. It's not fair to you. No. And that's, that's 
I'm I'm not even gonna lie. Like that's where I got the idea from from you, where you had your investment club, and then I was wondering like the back end because okay, if someone pays me to do a coaching session with me or to do coaching for their cleaning company, after a certain amount of time, like if if I they do my four week course, I offer them sixty days of like email correspondence, you know, after the fact, just to help them or whatever. But it's just like, what if the mm-hmm. people they still want that assistance, but they don't want to have to pay, you know a consulting fee every whatever, whatever. No, Mm -hmm. you can just pay for a monthly membership subscription. You'll be in a group, not only with me, but with other cleaners as well that are in different states, different cities. So you're getting a networking experience. You're getting one-on-one with Coach Michelle. And also you're getting a lot of different resources. And from that point, it's just like, there's value in that. And a lot of times the community is just adding value to each other. So it's like, you really don't have to do a ton of work. And the crazy part about, and that's what I was going to say, like another part of the reason why I did it is because I couldn't answer all those questions. It was just too many questions from too many people. So I said, Hey, let me put you guys on a place. You guys can answer your questions for each other and help each other. And it's love. And then what I did is I hired admins and so I pay admins a good amount of money. And so now they're invested because they're getting paid. So they're putting in videos in there. They're answering questions and they yep. serve as an extension as me. And so they keep this thing going. So if I can't be there at all times, I got somebody in there. And you know, the crazy part about it is the reason why I have this system is because I had a hater. A hater popped in. He was running into the chat and he was saying, oh, don't join this chat. Join my chat. So I was like, what am I going to do? I got to respond. Wow. I had some admins. And so the next time that guy jumped in there, my admins were on it. They kicked him out so fast, deleted all his chat threads. Mm-hmm. And so people don't launch because they don't want to run into problems, not realizing those problems are just going to create more products. Those problems are going to create more profit. Those products are going to create more money for you. So you got to launch. You got to have people looking over your shoulder talking crazy because now the next thing is only going to evolve and make you more money. But if you never launch, you can't make more money. So you, you don't, you don't know where your mistakes were. Like, prime example, Apple. How many iPhones do we have? How many Microsofts did they mm-hmm. come out with? It's like, if those people just didn't get something off the ground, they wouldn't know what to fix. They wouldn't know what the people wanted. They didn't, they yeah. wouldn't, you just wouldn't know. And it's just that fear. It's that imposter syndrome. It's the fear, the FOMO, fear of missing out, fear of not knowing what's going on, what's going to happen. I think for me personally, my biggest thing is like, what if no one buys it? I put all this work into something that means a lot to me because it's a topic that if I know if I struggled with it, someone struggles, is struggling with it. That's kind of where my mentality is. But it's just like, what if people don't perceive it? What if it doesn't help someone and they, instead of reaching out to me personally to see clarification what if they want to bash me and it's just like you got to be prepared and you got to stay ready so you don't ever got to get ready and and two things that i take from that first is that that's how i know a lot of us don't know business when we see somebody launch something and the first thing we do is kill it like bro like Mm -hmm. they just are getting started you don't you can't look at tulsa real estate fund and say bro it's been 12 months why ain't we rich because you don't get rich in 12 months and any Uh rich person knows that if you were an accredited investor, you would know the shit don't take 12 months. You don't build a fortune in 12 months. If you've built one, you know. And the other thing is that that's why I don't put a lot of effort into things that I launch. As crazy as that might sound, I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to see if they're going to bite first. And if they bite, then I'm going to beef it up. And so I don't, I'm not going to waste. I like that. And I'm actually going to, I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm going to save that gem because it's just like, that's where a lot of my fear of putting it out comes out because I'm like, what if they just don't like it? And it's just like, 
where you're putting so much time into into minimal detail on something that there's not not everyone will like it and that's what you kind of have to set yourself up to know like you're gonna have some people that are gonna reject it however you're going to have a lot more people that are gonna appreciate that you you're doing something like that and that's why i say like people they don't understand business they criticize and they're very loud but they don't understand how it works they don't understand that you launch and then you iterate and then you iterate and then you iterate and then you iterate and then by the time it's perfected now you can charge 200 bucks 300 bucks 400 bucks but you got to get it to market there's so many people out there you don't even like chris put out a post today he was talking about like y'all don't really understand how big the market is like there are millions of people on social media and so i'm like if i only get a hundred sales in a day that might be 10 grand but that's only a hundred people i got seventy-seven thousand followers there's a lot of people in this world though like and remember you have yeah. your followers and you have your affiliates and their followers and their followers and it's right. just a trickle effect of people so there's so much money out you there. just it's got to get that mind it's really like mindset you have to train yourself to to take the bait and to take the negativity but only focus on what's going to drive you and propel you forward it's all a mindset thing and not only that just as bad as there are people who are the bash you, there's a bunch of people that love you. I've been watching like Jay Morrison is getting it right now. But there's still people who are like, Treff, 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 Treff. We love Treff. <laughs> we love Treff. And so like you might, people are going to focus on the five to seven bloggers. They're going to focus on the tone talks. They're going to focus on the right. event. But they don't realize those people who are proclaiming to be unbiased critics legit have an agenda. Tone talks can't see a Tulsa real estate fund uh, successfully exist because that will kill everything he's worked for. His entire career mm. is in reparations. His entire career is in we can't do it. So if we do it, what does that say about his entire career? There are people right. who have to see you fail because if, if they see you succeed, then they feel like they failed because they can't even pivot. They, don't even, they wouldn't even know how to get started doing Jay Morrison level stuff. They're like, damn, I gotta go take his, his academy now. I gotta learn how to do it. I gotta. I gotta <laughs> Take his academy, but I just, man, I wish we could just all see that we can potentially coexist together. Democrats and Republicans both exist. They're all getting money. No, and it's the truth. And a lot of the times, and it in the beginning, you said like women, we we are very like headstrong on getting things done and getting them executed. However, you still find the ones that are very catty and just it doesn't make sense. It's just like. Their intentions are not pure. They're coming from a place of malice and like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? How is it working? Okay, sis, I see you, sis. And it's like, no, I, I, no, you don't. You don't see me because we don't, we don't operate on the same frequency right now. So, and it's just like, it's so crazy because being in women, I, I, like I have a whole women's network and everyone's like, well, I don't like women empowerment. And I'm like, listen, I'm not here to empower you. I'm here to give you resources. I don't care what you do if you feel good because I have to work when I don't feel good. So you need to work when you don't feel good. You're not always going to feel good. But if you have resources and you have somebody that you can bounce ideas off of or create with, then you can figure out a way. It's just all the fake rah-rah. People just need to understand. Collaboration will trump everything. If I work with you and you work with me, we're now merging networks. We've now, your 77,000 and my 4,000 and his 7,000, that's all our network now because we're working together and somebody in those networks are going to need the services you provide. He provides or just what I provide. But so many people are like, 
no, 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 no. I need the spotlight. It's like, it's more about for them. I'm, and I'm being dead ass. It's more about fame. It's not about the notoriety. It's not about the legacy building. It's not about making sure that we can pay our bills and, and help the community. It's about who has the most clout, who can say they drive this, who has the bigger house. You're, you, people are really looking at it the wrong way. And that's why society, I feel like is the way that it is. The it's about I status. My, I told my wife this morning and she didn't really believe me, but I was like, I'm actually a better number two than I am a number one. I just get forced into being in the number one role a lot, but actually you're very I'm, alpha. Like, that's why <laughs> like even like with blacker pockets, it's like blacker pockets wasn't about me getting the shine. It was about me giving the community the shine. And so like, I just find that like, if we start putting others first, we get a bag. I'm not over here talking about look how much money I'm making in options. I'm like, look at how much money they're making in options. Look at what we, they're doing. Yeah. And then we all eat. And like, I literally, like if people take my course and make $2,000 in the trade, I'm like, that's dope. Like, mm -hmm. I'm happy. I'm not over here like, oh, you, I, need, I need to raise the price on this for $5,000. This is crazy. But I just, I just feel like we got to take in a community, for, community first approach. And then once we do that, then we all win. If I'm looking out for Raphael, Raphael's looking out for me and Raphael's looking out for Michelle, then none of us are going to fall. But we're too out here trying to look out for ourselves or ourselves. And then while you're looking out for yourself, somebody's trying to chop you down. And then we all it's too move. much energy. It's way too much energy. It's it's energy that's directed in the wrong way. You know, we need that energy to put towards working towards our projects, to put towards supporting other people, not to, you know, like I with your your tweets, there's you, most of your tweets are solid. Like they give good out good information, good encouragement. But sometimes Box you gotta check people. <laughs> no, 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 no. But sometimes, see, the, the right business-minded people will appreciate the stuff that you put out. But sometimes you gotta let people know, like, why are y'all playing with me? Why are you playing with me? Like, don't do it. And it's just, you're gonna get to a certain point, I already know it, and I think it's also because you're a man, that people try you the way that they do, because, like, I don't know. I don't always see a lot of people coming at women the way that they come at you. I really don't. And there's women that are doing not what you're doing, but on the level of what you're doing. And it's just like, why do people try? I, I feel personally, people try men a lot harder than they do women. Yeah. Like it's a lot, it's a lot more harsh. Yeah. I don't know, but I know that a lot of them dudes ain't on my level. So I don't be tripping. They might think they're on my level. But they're not on my level, man. Nah, I don't, I, they can't even like, I they can't even like level, get it confused. And I put out a tweet and I was telling people, I was like, a lot of you guys don't know the history of the timeline. And so that's why you think that they are on my level. Because almost every single person I've put on in some capacity, like, I know if I was thinking about like, maybe I should mm -hmm. just shut a lot of these tweets. Cause I never forget. I put someone in my podcast and like, man, I just want to, I want to appreciate you for exposing me to this side of Twitter. I didn't know this existed. I followed your stuff. And then you retweeted me and I got all these followers. I'm like, bro, like, and now you coming at me now you are coming at me. All I did was show you get that little bit of clout. Right. And that's one of the reasons why it's so difficult working with certain people because you put people on and they start thinking they are you. And that's why I never do that to Chris. I always show Chris love. I'm always going to put Chris above me because what is the very first chat? I think it's the first chapter. The very first chapter of 48 Laws of Plower is never. Ooh, outside of the I was just about to reference it. I was trying to master. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like Chris is the master. And I'm going to give him that. But the thing is, is I can't lose. Because I'm still connected to the master, I can't lose. But if I'm out here working against the master, you know what's going to happen? The master is going to start working against me. And I always tell people, like, y'all, I'm a dope ally, but I'm not a good enemy. Because I will outwork you, and I will outwork you at a qualified level. So and It's so funny. Like, yes, 
and that's that's the truth. It's just like I, I'm a, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you the game, but the moment that you try to like cut me down, man, like don't yes, don't sir. play it. And there's there's certain people and certain people, meaning I have been that certain person. Someone tried me, and I opened up a business in their industry, and I showed them how to run their business. Like, don't play with me because I will literally <laughs> open up a business and doing what you do, take your clients and then hand them back to you because I'm going to shut the bitch down just to show you that this is what I do. Like, don't play you with me. Put, you said put some respect on my name. Respect on my name. But you know, <laughs> yes, also funny, the, the funny thing about that is I was thinking about that today and about, about the whole put some respect on my name. And I was like, bro, it's like you guys are out here bashing baby. This dude is dumb rich. This dude created a business from nothing. People really got to start putting a lot more respect on African-American business owners because we built this shit from the mud. We built this shit from nothing. I'm not over here operating from parents who just gave me a loan. I'm not over here operating on parents who can even tell me how to do this stuff. I figured it out myself. I funded it myself. That like, is a- that's, that's self-made. That is self-made. Yes. And you look at me, I'm, self, I'm very much self-made. I started from nothing. Like, don't play. Like, don't play. And that's, it's true. Put respect on my name. And, you know, a lot of times, like, I don't battle with people. No. And it's really petty, and I'm working on it. But when someone tries to come for me, I send them a job application. Because you know why? <laughs> you, have too, you have so much time on your hands, you clearly are not making money. And you're, you're hungry, right. so you're angry. <laughs> so you're coming at me. That's See, I don't do beef. I'm, I'm going to send you a, a job application. You could either, what you want to do? You want to cook, clean? You want to be an admin? What do you want to do? Because I got it all. I can serve it up and give it to you right now. Like, what's good? That's we were, that's, that's a tweet talk meme. And the yeah. header of the show is put some respect on my name. Put some respect on my name. Do it. I think it. I, did, I actually did not see a lot of the hate that was happening last week. But what bothered me is the, the, the head people I did, that I did see were like former, former guests on your podcast. Man. Yeah, man. Oh, oh my god! I saw I saw one. Somebody act like hey, hey. you tweeted something. Don't even, I don't never say the name. Don't even say their name. I'm I'm just, no, no, I'm not, ahead, I'm not gonna say, say the name. I don't remember their name. But I remember um, he tweeted something out, and and he was like, some guy was like, yeah, I remember when I tried to challenge you, and it didn't work. Like he bought your course or something, and he tried to go open up his own course, and it just didn't it didn't work out for. I don't know what happened, but I was like, oh my. When someone could come on the internet, go to the person that they try to play and be like, yeah, bro, I tried it and it didn't work. Yeah. Um, something that's very important is a lot of people think that that I'm successful because of something, like one idea, when they don't really realize that like, no, like all the three years I've been doing this, just giving value, creating podcasts, creating blogs, tweeting, giving out game. That's what allowed this to happen. So if you pop up and think you're going to just create a product and challenge me based on a product... You're going to lose because it's not the product. It's the process. Everything I've been doing for the last three years and four years and five years and just the way that I do things like that is why Blacker Pockets is what it is and why Thai Capital has become what it's become. Because I took all the energy I was putting into Blacker Pockets and I moved on over to Thai Capital, which is dope because I get to do whatever the fuck I want to do. I'm not over here like, do you think it's okay if I do this shirt? Like, I didn't. that's another a perk of being a business owner. I don't want somebody looking over my shoulder, telling me what I can and can't do, what I can and can't post, what I can and can't say. I decided this is what I'm going to put out there. And so that's what just, I put out there. And I let the market determine what's hot, not 
some random person who's had some success in a different lane. So they think they're the end all be all to all things. And a lot of people become successful and they think their way is the only way they think their process is the only way that it can work. And they don't realize like, no, there are other ways. And this is why I said, like, you can't tell your parents everything, especially if you have successful parents. They think their way is the only way They think go to school, get a job, buy a home. They think that's the only way. Anything that doesn't look like getting a job and buying a house. Now nah, you can't do that fam. And so sometimes you got to just move in silence and do what you got to do. But it is what it is, man. Yeah, I didn't. You know, so funny. I didn't know if we're gonna be able to top. I was like, man, like we'll see what happens with this episode. But it's been very good. People are gonna get a lot of value out of this one. I hope so. This this is a monster episode already. And it's funny you said um, about having one the the idea. I was watching the Master P interview on Drink Champs. That's a real good one. And he said something about. You know, we scared. It, 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 it reminded me of our last episode. He was talking about we scared to put stuff out because of what other people will say. And he said, man, don't worry about it because they're going to steal it anyway. And he said, you know, you worry about one idea. He said, if you only got one idea, you ain't, gonna get, you ain't got no money. Man. Like, even nothing you got. One idea, is that all you got? You ain't going to make no money no how. My favorite meme is that Master P is who we think Jay-Z is. And that's so powerful. But the crazy part about it is if you look at Dame Dash, Dame Dash and Master P have a lot of similarities because they really do this. Like, it's one thing to really do it. It's another thing to just float on top of it. I forgot who said it, but he was like, it's a difference between being the boss and being the face of an organization. And a lot of people are the face of an organization. You know who's the face of an organization? And a lot of times it's just Jay-Z. Jay-Z, Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nets, he was the face of the Brooklyn Nets. He wasn't actually the boss, the owner, but he walked around as though he was the face of the Brooklyn right. Nets. And it takes a different skill set to be the face of something as it does to build something. And that's why you have to key in. Whenever I hear, any, any, whenever I hear Tyler Perry, Master P, Dame Dash, people on that level, I key in. I'm not too big on that one guy who... Um, I forget his name, the guy who bought the, the, the TV stations, because I still think he's a face. Oh, Byron Allen? Byron Allen, like, I just, I don't really like his politics too much, and I feel like he didn't actually build it as much as he bought it, which means he, in a lot of ways, right. it's just a face of financing. And if you have bank backing you, then you aren't really the owner. You're kind of just like uh, yeah. the steward. You're not independent. Like, you're not independent. Mm. You're like, yeah. So you're the puppet. I love, yeah. Independent. Like always says you got to be independent. You got to put up your own money. It's to be a boss, you got to put up your own, your own money. Own money. Dame always says. Yes. Always says that. Yes. Listen to Dame. Listen to Master P. It'll take you far. Because yep. a lot of us are a lot of us are more a more Dame and Master P than we are Jay Z. It's gonna take it's, yeah. a lot of us aren't aren't talented at that level. A lot of us aren't Beyonce level talent, and so you can't really look at how Beyonce makes her money and say, "I'm gonna be Beyonce." Like Beyonce. It's like a one of my talent. Like, let's look at somebody who really built it. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I know there's some people out there who have done it. Like the lady who yeah. um, who owns BET or owned it, or she either owns it or she owned it. Sheila Johnson. Like, she's a boss. Yeah. yeah. Looking at them, not necessarily Beyonce. That's yeah, right. she her Sheila talent Johnson. definitely has taken her. And a lot of people say, well, oh, you have the same 24 hours as Beyonce. No, you don't. You don't. You do not. You don't. Because Beyonce does not do her own hair. She doesn't do her own anything, I'm sure. So it's, and it's, that's something I say all the time. I, I don't have the same 24 hours as someone else. 
listen, in my 24 hours, I'm a mother, mm. I'm a daughter, I'm a business owner, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a counselor, I'm a this, I'm a that. And a lot of those jobs I do by myself. So mm. we don't, we, we don't. When I, when I have Beyonce's money, then yes, me right. and Beyonce will have the same 24 hours, <laughs> but <laughs> I do not. So. And that's, and that's a beautiful thing because I can't wait to the point when I don't have to do any of that stuff. Like it's one thing like to not have to like clean your house, but imagine you don't got to go grocery shopping. You don't got to uh, mm. wash your cars. None of that. Y'all don't do anything. All I do is wake up and get money. That's all I do. And that's kind of where I've gotten the business to. It's like, I don't want to have to run these ads. You run these ads for me. I don't want to have to, I already don't respond to DMs, but like, I want to be able to, that's <laughs> honestly, that's, that was the appeal to me of business ownership. I always tell people like, the money yeah. was one thing, but I always wanted to be the person that had people work for me. I always wanted yeah. to be the person that like made money off of other people's labor and efforts. Like that's, that's dope to me when you can be on a boat yeah. still making money, but it's not like that the business hasn't stopped. The business shouldn't run if I'm there. It should run whether or not I'm there. And I think as a, as a business owner, like starting off, yeah, we love the process. But we get to a certain point after we've built enough brands and we've done enough, like a, a lot of different things, we get to the point to where we're like, I don't, I don't want to be in it. I want to be above it and around it and creating more and seeing what other things can I learn or what other places can I travel to, to, to tap into that network. And that's kind of where I'm at now. It's I'm setting myself up to where, you know, I don't have to have my hands all the way in the cleaning business every single day. I don't have to have my hands, but I know them deposits are hitting. I know everybody's where they need to be. I know that things are still moving full circle. So that's my goal for this year and for next year is to automation, automation, automation. I want to train multiple me's so that if I want to be across the world somewhere with my kids in the Sahara desert, I don't know, doing God knows what, that I still know that, that my coinage is coming through. Like that's just how I want it to be. So. And one, one thing that's dope and Dante's, he mentioned this, is he said, you kind of in the beginning have to be able to be, do those things. So a lot of people, they want to skip steps. They're like, I don't want to build a website. I want to pay somebody to build my website. I don't want to do my social media content. I want to pay somebody to do my social media content. His theory is you should train yourself to do those things for a few different reasons. First, you'll know how to do them. So if anybody leaves, you can always step in. The other mm-hmm. is you'll know what it's really worth. So you can't be taken advantage of. And the dope part about it is when you are that person, people can walk. You're not beholden to them. Imagine building up this great business and then somebody's like, well, you know, if you don't got me, you don't got nothing. Like they could potentially cripple your whole business. But if you know how to step in and make it happen, at least in happenstance, like in the meantime, while you find somebody mm-hmm. different, then you're, you kind of SOL. And I had to do that. At one point in time, I had to do my own podcast editing. At one point in time, I still do my own website, but like social media content, all this other stuff, like I know how to do it. And it was just so dope to see somebody who's so successful, so young, kind of parrot that. And so we all learn from each other. We're all just sharing content and then getting gems from each other and sharpening each other. And that's what's, that's why these podcasts and social media is so dope. Like we control the media. If we want to get Michelle on the internet, we put Michelle on the internet. You don't got to write a letter say, I think you should right. get Michelle on. And we got to wait two years. And now we finally get Michelle. No, we did it. It's done. We're going on to the next one. Like, I think it's just so dope. And- it's, it is really dope because, you know, what's, if you were to ask your audience, what is, what are some of the issues you face being an entrepreneur? They don't know where to start. So creating these outlets and being able to voice our opinions, our transparency on the way that we ran our businesses and the way that we kind of guide through life in these moments, 
it's showing other people like, listen, I didn't have a huge marketing budget to come out. And guess what? I still made X amount of dollars. I didn't have this, but I still did that. You know, a lot of people are like, well, if I don't have a coach or if I don't have this, or if I don't read this many books and do this many podcasts, listen, books, podcasts, coach, they're not going to do the work for you. Unless you are literally paying someone to open up a business and hand it to you, you have to put in the work. And, you know, and like you said, knowing how to edit your podcast and knowing how to do the websites and knowing how to do graphics. Listen, I can run every aspect of my business, whether it comes down to the tax office and inputting, doing taxes, whether it comes to doing corporate taxes, whether it comes to doing graphic designs, whether it comes to editing a podcast, I do everything mm -hmm. because there will never be a day in my, a business owned by Michelle Welch that someone will say that if I'm not doing this for you, your business won't run. No, mm -hmm. ma'am. No, that's not how it works. You do what I tell you to do. And that's how it works. And that's just, I, because I've been in that position where, you know, if I had a service within my business that I outsourced to somebody else, they felt like they had me by the balls. Listen, you don't have anything because I'll go out and buy the machine and train someone how to do your job. Like don't play. And it's just, that's just, that's what it is. And yeah. there's so many times where I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to do this. It's just too much. Listen, you did not come this far to only come this far. You're going to learn how to get on iMovie and put some shit together. You're going to learn how to do it. And that's what I do now. Like if I, there's something I don't know, I'll learn it, but I can pay someone else to do it. But listen, just know that you don't have no, there's no palms over here for me to cut you off. Like that's just what mm -hmm. it is. I feel like that's the mindset of a boss. Like a mindset of a boss is like, we don't get it done, period. And that's why I was talking about like Elon Musk and Dana White. Like if people have been keying in on very successful people, they're not sitting back and just letting life happen for them. They're happening to life. And so Dana White like, literally I went like out there that. and created like, I forget, I think he did like a UFC match with no people watching or something. Kind of like what uh, WWE, and that's another WWF. They're like, we ain't stopping this. We will keep it going. We'll test our fighters. We're going to keep it oh going. Oh, yeah. They did Elon WrestleMania Musk. with nobody. Yeah. And, like, that's the thing. And the crazy part about it, it's just a mindset. And a lot of people aren't going to get it. And that's okay. My problem is when they, start, when they start insulting people and they start saying, oh, this is so ignorant. Like, when did you become the coronavirus expert? When did you become That tweet, I saw so that? many people coming at you. Everybody yeah. was coming at you. Because you said you're not going to sit and let Rona put you out. No. Right. Now, that doesn't mean I'm out here catching it and giving it to people. That means that I'm going to get a Rona check and I'm going to figure it out. And I think mm -hmm. that that is the mindset that it requires. And it's, it's kind of dope to see the divide. You got those of us who are going to get it by any means. Because if it's not Rona, what is it next? Is it racism? Is it oppression? Is it sexism? Right. Is it the wage gap? Like, no. Like, I could sit around here and I could complain about the wage gap or I can create my own wage. I'm never going to let anything stop me. And I don't care what form it comes in. We got to get it. If we don't have the ability to create this podcast through Zoom, we're going to find a different way. And that's what's dope. I only key in on bosses. I don't key on employees. When I'm at a job, I'm not looking at my peers. They ain't my peers. I'm looking at the boss. I told somebody, my, the, the owner of the firm bought a $12 million house. And everybody's like, oh, my God. He need to give us raises. I was like, I, I, I'm just looking at how I get a twelve million dollar house. Like, how do I do it? Yeah, <laughs> like you're where you're being negative. I'm trying to be where he's at right now. Like, show me what did he do? What steps did he take? How can I remaster? How can I take his blueprint and make it better? And that's it's a mindset thing. And it just it's like, how bad do you want it? How bad are you gonna work for it? 
And do is this something that you really want? Because I feel like that comes to the core of it. Do you want this lifestyle because you see other people have it? Or are you really out here trying to show people like uh, you can get this work with courses, you can get this work with with doing options, you can get this work with flipping houses. What do you want to do? And just being resilient, being undeterred, just understanding that, you know what, there's going to be haters. There's going to be people that are going to steal from you. There's going to be people that are going to try and tank your business. But guess what? I'm still standing. I'm still here. And I'm, you knocked me down to, so I could build myself up better again. You know how many friends I had that made fake Instagram and Facebook pages of my cleaning company to take my clients? Like, wow. seriously, like, don't do wow. it. Don't do it to yourself. Because now I'm going to come out and I'm going to smash you. And I'm going to make you regret ever even thinking you could touch my business. And it's not going to be me coming at you. I'm going to kill you with success because I'm going to show you that you tried to stop me. And all you did was make me better. All it is is motivation. Like people, people like I I put out a tweet and I was like, I don't even know how to come at everybody else because I'm not focused on them. (laughs) I'm focused on what am I doing next? What am I building? What's my next product? How am I going to strategically market this? And so like they come at me and I market harder. They come at me and I sell harder. I'm not coming at them. Like I get nothing at coming at you. Like I don't get my kicks and giggles out of bringing other people down. I'll take that same energy and I'll put it into blowing up even harder. And that's the beauty of it all. Cause you, you, it's like, they, they want that reaction and the best it's true. The best thing is no reaction because then they're sitting there talking to themselves and it's like, you're not, are you, are you finished? Or are you done? Like, what are you doing? Right. Are you going to buy the course now? Cause it's on sale. Like, what are you doing? Meek Mill said, hit him with finesse and kill him with success. So that's what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Master P also said, um, get you some product. He always, he's always saying that you got to get you some product. You got to have a so product. Michelle, I, I really, I'm Yeah. And Michelle, you got, you also have a, an ebook, the ticking time block. Yeah. Um, so that's exciting. Um, how can you because I'm scared. I was scared. I'm not scared no more, but I was scared. (laughs) And it's, it's, it's okay. So Charles said it in the beginning, like a lot of people don't know what time blocking is. So when you introduce something new to people, you're either going to get people that like it or don't like it because they don't understand it. You know, ignorance is, I don't think it's bliss, but people just are uneducated on things. And it's like when you, 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 you try to teach them and they feel like you're, like why do i need this like what what is this good for like it's because you can make more money it's because i have proven strategies that this is going to work for you and i feel Mm -hmm. like sometimes if people can't see something before they pay for it they feel like there's no value in it so however they're going to get this value on friday that's what i need they don't get this they don't get their work (laughs) you know loaded lux Raphael. the name is familiar what do you need he's he's a he's a battle rapper from uh New York. All oh, right. No, no, yeah, I do know the name, but I don't. I don't watch. I don't watch that much. I don't watch it. I don't. Very often. I watch. I watch that thing. It was a very famous oh. battle. Yeah. Sorry, no, guys. Now I know the name. It's all no good. Problem. It's all good. It's not the yeah, first time we had a, a special guest on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, this is my youngest. Yeah, so. How old is he? Like three. Yeah, he just turned three on April fourth. Okay. Welcome to the Tweet Talk Podcast. Say hi. Hi. <laughs> these are these are millionaires in the making. They're about to come out with their own clothing line. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of millionaires in the making, 
So Michelle, you're also launching the Millennial Millionaire Group. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited for that. So Millennial Millionaire Group was a group that was created um, by me and uh, three other of my, my colleagues. And um, we, what we wanted was a place for Black entrepreneurs to come together and support each other and just really be that bridge. Like we all each do something different. So one, somebody, one of the ladies is a mental health therapist. She owns her own practice and does a lot of private stuff. Um, another one is Tracy. She's my business bestie. She owns a cleaning company in Texas, as well as she does invest house investments. She's opening up a lash bar in Miami. Um, a lot of different things like on the entrepreneur side. And then we have a homeboy, um, Michael. He's an artist. He's an entrepreneur. He does Airbnbs. He does real estate. So we all are like bosses in our own right within our own fields. So we wanted to come together and create a network where we can mentor other minority entrepreneurs, give them opportunity, give them grants, you know, um, partner up with businesses to where they can, you know, donate their services so that we're able to empower our community and just give those resources, have people go live in the group and really speak life into, into people. Because a lot of times people just need encouragement. They need to see that others are doing it. They need to, to feel like they're in a community versus feeling like they're, they're, in competition with people. So we created that network and our first event that we had, um, and one thing that we did was we made a pact that if anyone had something that was launching or going on, we would be there for each other. So Michael actually opened up a um, an art gallery in, in Chicago, and I don't remember exactly what part it was in, um, but it, it was the first black owned art gallery. And we surprised him, he didn't even know we were coming, and um, we just walked through the door and he like was like, hey guys, what's up? And then he was just like, <gasps> and we were all there for him. And it was such an, like, an amazing moment to see like the support. You know, sometimes people just need that support. So really dope. And we plan on doing that on a larger, larger scale. So That is cool. I'll tell you, I'll tell you this much. Me and Charles will be launching uh, an e-book for the next two weeks called Don't Be a Little B. <laughs> So Charles, you said folks really think I'm mean, but I'm just focused. That is the reason um, why I have low tolerance for people trying to shake me from what I'm doing. And why I have low tolerance for jokes and constant disagreement. Yeah, man. Um, people have been talking about Michael Jordan a lot. They've been talking about how like Michael Jordan's mentality, people thought he was like a jerk for so long. And really, he just knew what he wanted. And the same thing that can be said about Kobe. Like, people will say, Kobe's a bad teammate. He's this, he's that. But really, like, he just knew what he wanted. And he wasn't going to let your feelings get in the way of it. And so a lot of times I run up against opposition on Twitter. Not so much in real life, because quite honestly, I don't share my thoughts in public. Like, if I have a conversation with you in public, it's going to be more so trying to find agreement. Because I wanted to be a, a decent conversation. I don't want it to be me just bashing over the hell with my views twitter is probably the only place people really get my views and it's not even because i'm trying to share them with them individually as much as i'm talking to myself i'm just getting thoughts out of my head and so what'll happen is i'll say something that could be borderline offensive and people will get mad but like my goal isn't to be pc my goal is to win my goal is to get wealth my goal is to establish freedom my goal is to make my family's life comfortable not to make you happy not to make you like me in real life, the conversations are going to make you happy and make you like me. But on Twitter, I'm saying what I got to say. And the crazy part about it is in real life, all my moves are still based on my thoughts. 
So I'm going to still move based on my thoughts. You just might not know what my thoughts are. And so I have like a lot of cousins, a lot of uncles and aunts, and they'll be like, man, Charles, you're doing so many dope things. Like, this is great. But I'm like, y'all don't want to do what I'm doing, though. Y'all don't, y'all don't really want this. Y'all say y'all want the result, but y'all don't really want this. Y'all don't want the stuff that I don't do, the places that I don't go, the people that I avoid, the shows I don't watch, the TV things, that, the music I don't listen to. Like, that is the actual process of getting this. And so I would just say, like, people will see me, like, lash out or block people or cut people off. And it's not, I've said it before, it's not because I dislike you. It's because I am focused. And so when I heard Kanye say that, I was like, it's so funny. It's like, we aren't mean. Like, if you look at Kobe Post retirement, he's a dope dude. He shows up, he's shaking hands, he's slapping backs. Because it's not, it's not about that at that point. But I'm running a different race. I'm running the business race, and I'm still going. So it's like, I'm still in the thick of this. So if you come against what I'm actually building, you might get struck down. And it's not because I just like you. It's I just dislike that idea. So, Michelle, I want to ask you about this one. You said on a tweet, I've already started planning my housewarming party. I want a big ass table with a crab board. Is this what does like that mean? A, a dream of yours? Yeah, like is this a dream of yours or something? No. So what it is is that um, I moved into my parent back with my parents when tax season started uh, to help me out with my boys, and then Rona hit. So like my plans of moving back out in April kind of got shook. So me and the boys are moving in July, and I'm obsessed with seafood. Like, I love crab legs. They're so good. So I was like, okay, when I have my housewarming party, I just want a big table filled with seafood. Like, I want, like, a huge spread of crab legs and corn and, like, everything. So when you walk into my house and you bring me my presents, like, you can just eat the crab legs <laughs> and just have a good time. So I love food. Like, I, like, huh. I just, I love food a lot. I thought it, I thought it was more like of a, um, you had a vision that you were just trying to bring it to pass, mm-hmm. but it's all cool. So, no, it was just about food so, and me being a fat ass. All right, so one last tweet from each of you, and let you guys comment. Charles, you said, how are you going to generate sales if you don't put anything out there? And Michelle, you said, people only know what you offer if you tell them or show them. I took it from somebody, and that's what makes it even doper, because it wasn't my original thought. It was something that I, I got from somebody. I don't know who it was, but I, I, I absorb a lot of content. And he said it, and it was so true. It's like, keeping it 100, we make money by selling stuff. Like, Chris said it himself. He was like, you either sell something or you work for somebody who sells something. And so, when I realized that, I was like, you're only going to make money by continuing to put stuff out there. Like, you don't make money by sitting back waiting on making money. You make money by putting products to market. The crazy part about it, and another thing that makes e-com dope, is I was in downtown LA, and I saw somebody out there with the table selling their face masks. And I was like, I never wanted to be that guy. I never wanted to be the person sitting on the corner because it's kind of embarrassing. But e-com allows you to be on the corner with your table making money without being on the corner making money. E-com also allows you to make money for people who don't want to talk to you. Some people don't want to talk to you for multiple <laughs> yeah. reasons. They don't want to make it seem like they need help because that is a humbling process in itself. So a lot of people won't mm-hmm. come to you and say, you know what? I need you. And so you can make money from those people. Another is that some people just aren't social people. Um, and so what I found is like back in the day, I used to do my business and I would actually, people would DM me, like DM me for more information. Like that's so stupid. Like don't send people, don't send people to your DM, send people to your website, link in bio or that kind of stuff. I've made that mistake. And it's just, then you, like, you can't make money unless you are up to answer those DMs. 
I used to literally be on my phone every day answering DMs. It's a holiday. I'm medic. I'm doing uh, doing an LLC promo. So if I'm not in my DMs, I'm not making money. Now I just look at the Twitter notifications. I'm like, okay, Bing, 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 cool. So that's one thing that Chris told me. Yeah, you can still make money doing it, but you can make so much more money because the world is bigger with people who just want to go to your website and just click buy and get a download for whatever price you have it at. So that is where I'm at. And I'm at a point now where it's like, what can I put together to, to kind of kill these student loans? I got six months to kill my student loans. But the crazy part about it is I'm not doing it with working income. Because if I were to say, let me pay off my student loans with working income, the numbers don't add up. But if I can say, let me put together a product and then sell that mm. times to pay for law school and undergrad, like that's a lot easier to do in the remaining 120 days we have left in the year. Like you could do that. It's probably more than 120. It's probably like 180. You got 180 days to make 180 sales. Do you think that's possible with 700 or 77,000 followers? I think so. By not sending them to you. I I just wrote that down, that gem. Not sending people to your DM. I'm actually probably going to go live tomorrow and talk about that because that's true. That's an issue that I have. I my dms are filled with like everything so it's like if i'm then now sending people that i want their money to my dms i'm not gonna sit there and and go through all of that because you don't know what you're getting and that's time that you're allocating towards something when if they just was a streamlined process of them to buy go submit a contact form submit a survey whatever the case that they need to submit you're now making that process longer you're now having to conversate with someone in your DM. You're now having to see what is it that they need and answer their question just to get them to even click on the link that you're going to put in the DM for them to get to your product. That's a, that's golden right there. And that's even if you might not even be that, like you might not be the best conversationalist. Like you might not answer their questions or they might ask you those questions that are like questions that kind of get the information they want when they could just buy the course or buy the information and get the information mm-hmm. they need. I've learned that and I, I mean, I've done it both ways. I think in the beginning, maybe DM business might be for you. But once you can cross that threshold, Gumroad is great because if you notice on Gumroad, they make it easy for people to pay you. It's not like pay now. It's literally, it says, I want this. Like people are going to click that all day. Like I want this. Like, okay, like that. You got to like make it easy for people to give you money. And that's where I'm at now. Like make it easy for people to give you money. Bars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, um, people... Only you know what you offer if you sell them or show them. Go ahead. And that's true. I mean, nobody would know what Todd Capital was if he didn't come out and put out what he does. Nobody would know who I am, Michelle Welch, is and my brand if I didn't brand myself as the mom entrepreneur and I have kids and I'm a single mom and I own these businesses and you're going to buy my services and you're going to listen to what I have to say. Nobody would know if I didn't decide to step out on faith and tell my story and, you know, sell my businesses and, and, allow people a glimpse into my life they wouldn't trust me there would be no credibility what makes me different from the million other coaches that there are or business owners that there are there's tons of single mothers what sets me apart from somebody it's the fact that i open my mouth and i allow people to see my process i'm allowing people to understand why do i do the things that i do and how do i work in the way that i work people only know i'm putting out a time management course because it's being told so and it's that's a big issue it's like when people are coming out in business they're like, well, I don't have clients. I don't have this. Well, you're, you're not marketing yourself because you're not getting enough likes on pictures. You're not, you don't want to get on video and you don't want to do lives because you're camera shy. Okay. Well, you're, are you money shy too? Like, what's the problem? Like you need to do whatever it is you need to do for yourself. 
whether it's talking to yourself in the mirror every day, whether it's sitting for five minutes prior to you going on live and recording yourself speak, or whether you're on live and you're just looking at yourself the entire time and not worrying about anything else, you got to overcome yourself and you have to, you have to tell people about you. People only know what you tell them. When you get into a relationship, when you're building a friendship, people only know the version of you that you speak on. So it's the same with your business. People will only know the services you offer if you tell people. And when you start talking about it enough, you're going to get attention. People are going to want to know what's coming out of your mouth. Whether you get one like, two likes, five likes, keep putting your content out there. Keep putting yourself out there. Because if the people that you're around and telling things to, they're not grasping it, those are not your people. That is why it's so important to know who your customer avatar is. Know what you want your customer to look like. Where do they work? Where do they shop? What do they do? How are you, like, that's what you need to know. My person is a lawyer. He makes this amount of money. He has a wife. He has kids. Narrow that down. Understand who it is you're trying to market to because everybody is not your client. Everybody doesn't care what you're doing. There's certain people that will, it will resonate with them. They'll understand it and you can move forward. Get yourself out there, promote yourself. Even if you feel stupid, who cares? Who are you here to impress? You're not here to impress anybody. You're here to do what you love to do, make money while you're doing it and inspire others to do the same. That's it. That we will wrap it up. You know, you can follow us on Twitter. Follow me, Raphael, at Work Money Life. Follow Charles at Todd Billion. That's two Ds. And you better know how to spell billion. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Tweet Talk Podcast. Follow Charles on Instagram at Todd Billion again. Uh, I it. So it's yes, uniform. you did change it on me. Yeah. At Todd.Capital, at Bless a Black Man. And of course, we have our special guest, Michelle Welch. Follow her on Twitter at underscore coach michelle that's michelle with two l's and an e and n you can find her on instagram mm -hmm. i am michelle welch welch find me as well as i am michellewelch.com i put my website back up so right. make sure you follow all of us make sure you get the options training workshop you can find that at capital.co all of these links will be in the show notes Easy to find. Also for your last name. Everybody got <laughs> the merch. Welch Enterprise. Yeah. Yes. Be sure to, and also, be sure to get Raphael, you. Stop, stop looking for jobs and start looking for customers, Raphael. All right, man. Boom. All right, man. <laughs> this guy. Episode right. Hank Aaron. Episode Jerry West. We out. Thanks, guys, for having Thanks. me. You guys are dope. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Yes, this is Donald the Voice, the official podcast editor and producer of the Tweet Talk podcast, featuring, of course, Charles Oglesby and the man Raphael Husbands. And look, man, if you just listen to this episode, then you know exactly what I'm capable of. You know my swag, you know what I can do. And so, without any further ado, I kind of want to give you a special offer for Tweet Talk podcast episode listeners. And here's what it is head on over to DonaldTheVoice.com. And if you have podcasts or video editing needs, let's talk. And of course, I'm giving you a real, real nice deal. But you have to mention that you're a Tweet Talk podcast listener. And this offer isn't going to last forever. So if you're on social media or you have a business or you got something going on to where you need somebody to edit and produce your content, come and holla at your boy. And I promise to take care of you, our dedicated listener to the Tweet Talk podcast. Again, head over to DonaldTheVoice.com and hit the contact page and let's have a little conversation. Okay, back to your day, your evening, your morning, whatever's going on. Peace.